We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! Woo! I've you guys! And welcome to another episode of the Golden Bears podcast, the Bearcast. Uh, I'm here, Rob Hong, with my co-host as well, Andy. Hello, um, hello. How was your day, Andy? Pretty good? Yeah, my day's been great. I got a massage midday. Wow. I uh, feel awesome, nice and relaxed, fresh off a Warriors win, being at the stadium last night. It was yeah. awesome. This is why we had to push our podcast off for like a day, because... And he got last-minute tickets, and he got to go to the clincher, which was one hell of a game, by the way, last night. Oof. Your response was the best. Called in and said, hey, Rob, I just got offered tickets to the game. He goes, you got to go. You got to go. There's no question. And you witnessed one, a pretty dang good game five. Yeah. I don't think you can – yeah. I told my buddy last night, the best basketball game I've ever been to live. Yeah. I've never been to a Warriors playoff game because uh-huh. I moved to Chicago, and then – Oh seven, I was in Florida, so. And they just got good again. So mm-hmm. that was my first one, and I don't know if it's ever going to be tough. <laughs> unless you go to unless you go to game clinching final. Yeah, See, unless I get real. Lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we got a lot to go through today, so let's just uh, let's get on with it. Uh, let's start with some Cal football talk. The first bit of news, uh, it actually broke this morning from uh, I believe it's. Uh, Coaches Inside or InsideCoaches.com. They released an article about uh, Texas Tech quarterback uh, Davis Webb, who is committed right now to Colorado. And in the article, it says that uh, sources have told them that he is flipping to Cal and that he will be enrolling soon and he will be making an announcement within the next week. So Go Bears. I know. Um, so he is a, he would be a grad transfer. He would only be able to, he would only have one year of eligibility left. Uh, he threw uh, for 44 touchdowns and 22 interceptions, I think, last season? No. Mm, or two years, two, ago. two years ago. Yeah. Um, last season he was the starter, but he had a couple of injuries, and he just couldn't gain the starting position back once he got back from injury. 44 and 22, is that his career? It might be his career stats. It might be his career stats, too. But he did, he did start as a true freshman. Right. And with that air raid offense in Texas Tech – that's yeah. I guess we have to look into that. Um, and first, we, we didn't do our research, but first true freshman to start at Texas Tech since Cliff uh, Kingsbury, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Kingsbury. Um, which is a cool little fact. Yeah, 
and then he got real hurt mm-hmm. and then lost his starting job. I mean, if there's anything to note about Texas Tech quarterbacks is that usually they have a really good arm. Um, yeah. You look at just the lineage of the, the systems they played you know, throughout Mike Leach's uh, career there, yep. and then now with Cliff Kingsbury there, it's the same type of air raid offense. And everyone remembers the Graham, Graham Harrell to um, Michael Crabtree days. Yeah. So, I remember Crabtree because he was going to be my future Hall of Famer on the 49ers that never <laughs> was. <laughs> yeah. Um, that offense and that system, it looked, I mean, watching the highlights today, it looked super familiar. Yeah. Uh, the way the line plays and um, I don't know. I, what, what was your take? I mean, the guy looks good. And if if the reason we're going after this guy is that, we want one of the younger guys to take over next year. We just want them with a year, one more year of seasoning, just sitting on the bench learning it. Um, I mean, it makes sense, right? You look at the people talk about how, okay, we got a new offensive coordinator. There won't be that much of a difference, but there will still be a difference. Yeah. And those guys were under Tony Franklin's system for, you know, one year for some guys, two years for others. Yeah. And now you make that switch and now you let the younger guys that you want to take over sit back and watch the new offense, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and then you have a, an experienced four-year quarterback that comes in, could play one more year for you. And then you pass it on to the young guys who watch this offense unfold. I like that. I, it I works. Mean, if that's the plan, I'm, I'm all on board for yeah. it. I think part of me is a little sad that it's not Chase Force because he's got a really cool story yeah. and just seems like an overall like pretty calm, quiet leader type. And I was hoping that that would translate. But I think if anything, this is not a certainty, but it's certainly something that gives us more momentum. Yeah. And competition will always be a good thing to have and if it is davis webb so be it i like the last name and we have another web on our team yeah i mean i think what people have to understand is that even though he's coming in that doesn't necessarily mean he's the guaranteed starter yeah you know he could come in in the fall and he could stink it up bad and one of the other guys just becomes a transcendent talent uh, over fall camp before they head to australia and this is a very very big hypothetical, <laughs> um, but worst case uh, <laughs> worst case scenario. Well, yeah, I mean worst case scenario, you have a you have a grad student starter. I mean, yeah. you look at how what happened with Michigan this year, right? Harbaugh comes in, yeah. they get trans, uh, grad transfer quarterback and uh, Jake Rudock, Josh Rudock, mm-hmm. Jake Rudock, I think. Um, he plays that one year. They have a decent season. It's not they weren't they didn't have a bad season. They killed um, it. Yeah, they killed uh, it. Everyone remembers the Michigan State-Michigan game. Yeah. How could you forget <laughs> that one? Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at it from that standpoint, I don't think that's a bad idea. And, you know, for me, I look at this and I put a little asterisk. Tate Martell just decommitted from Texas A&M, his favorite yeah. coach, Jake Spavadol. We offered him a couple weeks ago and he said an offer from my favorite coach. Yeah. You know, I mean, granted, I don't think we're in the driver's seat for this, but if we do manage to pull him – you have a very, very interesting quarterback battle next or next spring and then in the fall as well if you if Davis Webb is the starter. Absolutely. I think uh, with Tate, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, at this point, right, Jalen wasn't considering Cal. Nope. Demetrius wasn't considering Cal. And now we're hearing the same thing. I think a lot of the – I mean, even what before, like, Demetrius committed, they ran that, like, 
prediction sheet. <laughs> the 24-7, the, the crystal yeah. ball. Yeah, exactly. Nobody chose Cal. So Shattered the crystal ball. I'm going to use the phrase, why not Cal? Yeah. We can definitely pull our own weight right now. We're bringing in these higher class recruits. We're delivering on what Sonny said he wanted and saw in Cal in the first place. I don't know where we're at with his ties to Ohio State. I read today his dad went there, and he has, like, another connection there, and I'm a little weary of all of that, and why not? Because we've been there. That stadium, that place is pretty geared around football, but what an awesome opportunity that would be. And I don't know, man. I kind of fell in love with uh, Gilliam and Viramontes and those two guys specifically watching their tape. I mean, Victor was like watching freaking, you know, somebody that was going into the draft doing the training, and I was like, okay, this guy is huge, he's fast, and he's got a big arm, he's going to run people over. You, you definitely cannot arm tackle that guy. It's yeah. Yeah, exactly. pretty yeah, insane. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, but getting back to Davis Webb, like his tape, the only thing that I really was able to see was his um, – they're like holiday bowl footage that yep. Texas Tech had, and it, it was it was good. There were some good throws. There were some kind of I guess motions all right. If I'm not like a quarterback guru or anything, but from what I was able to see, say like there wasn't anything I was blown away by. Um, but I did read the article that Texas Tech's SB Nation blog did for the case for him and why they should be excited for him. And he seems like a team-oriented guy, very focused on academics, graduated in three years. Somebody that will bring in the program will fit the culture that we've created. And at the end of the day, that's what we want, right? Yeah. We want someone to buy into this team, lead this team, and do it for a year. Yeah. That's that's what's his, that's what his job is. Um and if he's if that's what it says too, I'm pretty sure he'll take all the younger guys under his wing a little bit, you know. And Jared, um, I remember, uh, what was it last last summer um, at the uh, Pac-12 Media Days is, um, and he was the offensive representative from our school that was there. And I asked him, I said, how does it feel being, you know, feels like yesterday how you got you were just the true freshman quarterback starting. Yeah. Now you're the you're the face of the school, like of the of the program, right? You're the face of the school. You have all these younger quarterbacks sitting behind you, watching you, and now you're in the now you're in the teaching seat. And uh, he said he he loves the role, like he loves being around those guys. He loves teaching those guys. He loves he loves how they're asking him questions to pick his brain, which he felt a little weird of because he was the true freshman quarterback starting, right? So I think if if uh, we kind of push him towards that side if we get davis webb to kind of do a little bit of that mm-hmm. be the be the big mama bird type with the quarterbacks uh for a year that's uh, awesome dude what a I good think, story yeah i think if the, if he can do that that definitely that only helps um seriously so it goes a long way it will especially with the familiarity in the offense mm-hmm. and um, being able to explain and that will be huge that's a great point yep. that's an awesome story too yeah, um, so I'm excited. I think all of us were excited. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's not officially confirmed, but, I mean, it, the story made it sound like it. I, I do take these stories with a grain of salt that always say, like, oh, a, an unnamed source. Like, yeah. oh, my God, please, Especially when it, when, I say, when, we, when it comes from a site that's like, oh, yeah, I've never heard of that one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, inside coaches? What, what, what is this? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think most people are excited for it, and uh, we'll see. We'll see where this takes us. Um, on to the NFL for a little bit. Um, 
our wide receivers apparently have been lighting it up this past week. Rookie minicamp just started uh, this past week. So, you know, Jared's at his. Granted, Jared's here right now. Yeah. Um, he was at the Warriors game last night, too, uh, sitting with Steve Kerr and Brandon Chaka, which is a really weird mix of three people, if you think about it. Nicker, Nicker. Oh, Nicker. Sorry. Yeah. Nicker, not Steve Kerr. Nicker. Um, <laughs> what if he was on the bench? <laughs> <laughs> if he was on the bench. Wow. Um, but, yeah, apparently he's back finishing finals. It is a weird mix of people. I didn't even put that together when you sent it to me last yeah. night. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. No, that is a weird group Nick of Kerr, people. Nick Kerr, Brandon Chalk, and Jared Goff. That's awesome. Yeah. You would think that Jared would have the money to get better they, seats now. Well, they have, they have better seats than I did. I, <laughs> I had great seats, but they were living a little bit of a better life. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so so he's been lining it up. Apparently, Kenny Lawler has been lining it up in Seattle. Um, I saw a quote from... Um, Coach Carroll that said yeah. uh, Kenny Lawler was probably by far the best. He had the best week out of the rookies or something like that. Yeah. Um, he said uh, that his he made like four to five plays that and I think that first day where Kenny Lawler had himself a day was one of the quotes. And um, he was just making really good catches. And they he specifically pointed. He's like, we brought him up. This kills me, by the way. Absolutely kills me as a Niners fan. So let me just say, this is like... <laughs> knives coming at me right now but um he was making the catches that they expected him to make and then on top of it made like three to four classic circus catches so trey said it last week didn't want to believe it sounds like they're really happy up there with them so good for cal upsetting for the 49ers oh yeah i think it's one of those situations where the guys that got drafted later and even the undrafted guys from our wide receiver core they already had the talent, I think, to play in the NFL. Now they have a chip on their shoulder, and that's what makes them even crazier. So I hope this becomes a recurring theme, and we consistently look back at this draft class and say, man, why did these guys go yeah. so late? And that was, like, the thing that was – when I, I mean, I come, like, two rounds into the draft. All right, got to go back to living life. But then I kept looking and thinking. I was like, oh, man, they should be going right now. And I hope it becomes a recurring theme. Yeah. Pointing back to it. Yeah. Um, and then apparently Darius Powell has been lining it up with the Giants in camp. You know, uh, full feature on him. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> and he's an undrafted free agent. And you already have a feature on him. Um, <laughs> and like certain Giants uh, fan pages on Twitter, they like put up little um, highlight reel vines of him at Cal, uh, like the run against uh, against Air Force and the Armed Forces Bowl um, on one of his touchdowns. Um, and they were just showing that off. They're like, this kid can play. We knew that. I think all of us knew that. The entire world just didn't, apparently. Um, and I didn't hear anything about Harris with the Redskins, though. So Same um, same thing I heard previously. It's just big body receiver they expect a lot from. Um, good results so far. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, with your beloved 49ers, uh, Bryce Triggs, he's just... That, that must be weird. Just like you're in Berkeley, you've played here for four years, and then yep. apparently he moved down to LA to like train for the the com or for the draft and so on. Oh, I and didn't know that. Now he's back up here. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Yeah. Welcome to the better half of California. <laughs> um, yeah, so I read a little bit on the Niners blog because I check in, and um, they just did a quick scouting report on Bryce, and they were really favorable of the potential that he had as a receiver in Chip Kelly's offense. Um, so I haven't heard anything directly out of yeah. uh, the mini camps, or, but I think ultimately he seems like a good piece. I, I, he's got good hands. He's super fast. He's a really bright guy. I think he'll be great. Just run him in the slot. Yeah, all day. Yep. All day. 
apparently Anderson's been tearing it up with the Texans. Um, that's the one. That's the first one I heard out of all these guys. Yep. And there was like a um, there was a picture of uh, of Stephen with his you know Texans little rookie mini camp jersey on and his helmet and so on and so forth. Wayne number eighty nine, by the way, get to keep his number. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and uh, he was just. Uh, the caption was just like Kenny or uh, Steven Anderson has been amazing or something like that at yeah. Texas May Camp. So, oh my, oh my, uh, yeah. that Texas offense is looking mightily good, uh, passing wise at least. Um, if he gets to play as well, did you watch the um, Hard Knocks last year? I did not. All right, Bill I mean, O'Brien's an interesting guy. He's a good uh, coach. I like him a lot. They had a rough start to the year last year, but with. Yeah. Um, if Osweiler's actually good, which I'm still not convinced he's actually good. For, I mean, he wasn't good for fantasy purposes. I, I know that for sure. <laughs> no, he was not. <laughs> um, but if he is, then that could be awesome. I, Steven's going to contribute in so many different ways for that offense. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really good opportunity for him. And I love what, what you mentioned with that particular article and him there. He's smiling, super big smile, and he's like, the most surreal part or something was getting here, yeah. and now he's there. And that's the same thing when he went to Cal. Um, and you hear about these guys, these guys that consistently get missed on. We know one of them very well. His name's Steph Curry. Um, I'm not going to say that Steven Anderson's going to be the Steph Curry <laughs> of the NFL. <laughs> but if he is, we called it at the podcast. We did. We're calling it right now. Um, and then, of course, the last guy I had... I think this news broke uh, just this past week that Kyle Kurgan uh, signed with the Denver Broncos. Yep. Oh, uh, I don't. I don't know if this will this will stick. I mean, they lost a lot of guys on defense. They do need another edge pass rusher. Um, and if you know if he lines up on the opposite side of Von Miller, you know, on certain set plays, he, he could do some damage. He could learn a lot too. Kurgan was one of those guys I was surprised didn't get like. Picked up faster. Yeah, because um, most of the other guys got drafted or got signed on the last day of the draft. Yeah. You know, right after it was over. Immediately. So it was exciting to see he's there. He's with a couple of our former Bears. And um, to see – that. I mean, he just – I can't get that weight room video out of my mind. Every time <laughs> I see his name, I just go back to that weight room video and him – if he's that strong – Strength goes a long way in the league. If you can push somebody off their block, you can make a living for a long time. Yeah, may I remind most people that, you know, people, some people have said, oh, Craig only had one great year. May we remind you, he had mono the year before this past season. Yeah. He didn't play a year of football. He was bedridden, basically, for and he, a year. He was facing doubles almost every <laughs> game last year. We didn't have anyone on that line that was truly creating, like, havoc the way he was. And... Every time on defense, he would be the one I'd focus in on. Um, just watching Craig in, and he would always be troublesome. Now, with two guys on you, you can't be that big of a force. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, yeah, he stood out. And he stood out in the, uh, what, was it the Shrine game? Or the, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. stood out there too. So I hope he makes it. He definitely deserves it. Guy works hard. He was so much fun to watch. The hashtag that we usually used this past season with Kragen was release the Kragen. Yeah, love it. Um, I think we might have to change that just because the term release in the NFL does not coincide with something that's <laughs> positive. That's good um, so maybe maybe unleash the Kragen might be a better one. Uh, if you have any other ideas, let us know. Because for right now, 
yeah, release the Kraken doesn't work. I don't. We don't want them to release the Kraken. I like Unleash. Um, that's a good one. I think that's the that's the that's the only word I could think of um, to replace release. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely does not uh, bode well for him if we keep saying release the Kraken. All right, unleash it is. Here on out. Yeah, moratorium on release. Hashtag unleash the Kraken. All right, uh, on from the NFL back to the Cal football program recruiting. Uh, we just got a commit this past week. Uh, I think, I believe it was a week from today, which is, or a week from tomorrow, so Friday. So last Friday. Uh, Jeremiah Hawkins, um, who is, we'll give you a little a little asterisk about him a little bit because he probably sounds a little familiar to most Cal fans who follow the depth chart and all the recruits we get. But mm-hmm. he's a three-star wide receiver, five nine, hundred sixty pounds, recruited by Jacob Peeler. Uh, Scout.com has him rated as the ninety-sixth best wide receiver in the country, the thirteenth best wide receiver in the West, and the twelfth best wide receiver in the state of California. So. The little asterisk I wanted to talk about. Uh, I actually tested this to Andy a couple days ago, and he was like, wait, really? It's not a typo? Um, he is the uncle of Cal Safety Jalen Hawkins. Yeah, so, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get yeah. it. <laughs> so the only – the only the only because they would be – he's Jalen would be two years older than Jeremiah. Gotcha. So the only thing I have is – is, is if you've seen Father of the Bride 2. Which, um, of course, I have not. <laughs> um, uh, you have, what's it, uh, the the daughter's pregnant, and then his, uh, Steve, oh, God, oh, why is his name blanking me? Um, the comedian. Uh, his wife. Steve Harvey? No, 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 no. Uh, his wife is also pregnant. Okay. And they give birth on the same night uh, at, the, at the same hospital. So, his daughter got a very, very younger brother, oh. and she has a son, so that she becomes uncle, right? Right. Mom's kid. Yeah. So, that's the only explanation I have is that is just, I mean, granted, it's not something we need to delve into deeply, um, so what but in terms of, yeah, is that just a really, really late they kid. They were in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but that's yeah, awesome. but I mean that—that's a really cool like thing. Um, I don't know how weird that would be though. Like, do you call him uncle even though he's like two years younger than you? Because I mean, that's that's how the family tree would work. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean he looks good uh, in terms of his football stuff. I looked, I just watched a, a short video of his tape. Um, he looks good. He's uh, just looks like that prototypical slot guy that we want, speedy. Yeah, um, and makes people miss, and just keeps going. And um, his tape is excellent. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I read a little bit about that league, um, but yeah, his tape is awesome. He's super fast, and he's bouncing off all sorts of people. Reminds yep. me of a little bit of Vermani's tape when he could, like he just couldn't be tackled. There was one play where he was coming down the right sideline. And a defender literally had him almost by the jersey and tried to flip him over. And the defender flipped over instead, and he kept going and bounced off to the left. And I was like, man, I mean, tape is tape. And I at one point had a good-looking tape that my friend filmed on an iPhone back in the day. So that being (laughs) said, um, I was really impressed. He looked – he could – you know, once again, wide receiver, offensive player. but. I'm excited, especially with the Hawking tradition. Bring back the, you know, the, the Lavelle. Hawk, the yeah. Lavelle Hawk. Yep, yep. 
Yeah. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a good one. It's probably one of those like under the under the radar type uh, recruits where I mean, it's not one of those big name like Demetrius Robertson or even like a Jordan Duncan type. Uh, but he's a three star guy. Comes in, they just groom him to be either an inside or an outside guy. I mean, he was recruited by Jacob Peeler, so the the staff has done a real good job of getting those diamonds in the rough. And with wide receivers, I can only imagine that this was like a really good find for them. Yeah. So I mean, I have all the confidence in the world in their ability to to find solid wide receivers. And Trevor Davis was three stars, right? That's right. That's right. And we forced him to transfer, basically. Now he's on the Packers. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. Rodgers to Rodgers to Davis. That's what it meant. <laughs> I, I don't, I, yeah. I'll be watching a lot of Packers games just to see if uh, Trevor makes it on the field, which I think he will, at least for special teams. Um, but that's another topic for another day. On to some basketball talk. Uh, we have one scholarship remaining now. It, it's still up in the air. Devin Watson, the uh, USF guard, uh, committed to San Diego State a couple days ago. Okay. Um, the Martin twins from NC State are no longer looking at Cal because we only have one scholarship left. Right. And so uh, I, th- I believe Canyon Barry, uh, the son of Rick Barry, um, has chosen somewhere else to go to school. So... Yeah, I know. Darn it. Yeah. So we only have... The only hope left is the big Polish guy who visited us last week, uh, Dom Oleżnizak. I think that's how it was pronounced. Oleżnizak. That was well done. Yeah. Um, So seven-footer, of course, we've talked about this. Seven-foot center from Drake uh, would have three years of eligibility left. Would have to sit out next year. So he visited. Apparently had a great time. And he is now pretty set on where he wants to go, and he just has to make the formal announcement. So hopefully it's us. Um, That would mean next season we would have three seven-footers on our team. (laughs) That would be pretty insane. Yeah, it would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I mean, I certainly hope he does. What about the um, UNLV? The Jordan Jordan Cornish. Yeah. He decommitted. No, 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 the other one. The other one. The one that was a UNLV commit. Oh, Jalen Fisher. Yeah. Uh, he committed to uh, TCU this past week. That's right. Yeah. Totally forgot about that. So, And that was a real quick turnaround, too. Did uh, not realize no. you could choose TCU over Cal. <laughs> <laughs> but he's going to TCU. He's going to Texas Christian, uh, home of one of my favorite running backs, LaDainian Tomlinson. Uh, and so more, a little more basketball talk. Uh, Jalen Brown was just invited to the NBA Combine. Yep. Uh, along with a lot of other um, players, this I think they said that this is the first year that they've had like this amount of underclassmen. Yeah, um, not like, surprisingly, it's it's incredible how many underclassmen and it's supposed to be a very weak draft. Yeah, so everyone's I mean even from the pack there's a lot, um, but yeah, unfortunately Tyrone didn't make it. No, he did not make the cut, um, and people were saying how for the underclassmen kids if you didn't get an invite to the combine. Most likely means you're not getting drafted. Go back to school. Oh, like really? That's, yeah, that's what a lot of uh, experts were saying on Twitter. Is if you didn't get that invite, then you're probably not being looked at right now. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that doesn't mean you might not get like calls from teams to say, "Hey, come work out for us." But yeah. 
it's and those not. are teams writing down who they want there. Exactly. So yeah, that's a good. So they have all the way until what day in May to? I think I believe it's the twenty fifth. Yeah. Okay. I think it's I like two days or the day after the combine that they can come back to school. Yeah. Granted, that's as long as they didn't sign with an agent. Gotcha. So, oh, that's um, an interesting dynamic right there. Yeah, I mean, they just changed the date this this year. Huh. So it used to be, I think the the date to go back was before the combine. And now they change the date where it's after the combine, which makes more sense, right? Because yeah. you'll get a lot of feedback from NBA scouts and, and GMs or whoever's there at the combine. Yeah. And they're like, mm, yeah, you're like a mid or like a mid to late second rounder. Then maybe you go back to school to try to boost your stock. So. True. I mean, it would look really bad, too, if you had all these people leaving from college getting rejected from the NBA and then scattering like to Europe and China and then exactly. not necessarily you don't have an education yet I mean you have partial education and then you also don't have a consistent full-time income so I'm glad they made that shift that makes a lot of sense yeah um, so we're looking at uh, we'll look specifically at Jalen Brown right now because Jalen is uh, on NBA NBADraft.net he is rated to go I believe uh, eight, eighth overall to the Denver Nuggets. Yep. Uh, I think ESPN has him at t- uh, Chad Ford on ESPN has him at ten. Bleach Report had him at three. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, as you can see, it's all over the place yep. in terms of Jalen. And nobody knows where the teams are yet. So. No, and that'll happen next Tuesday. Uh, yeah. the, the NBA lottery is uh, May seventeenth. So, fingers crossed, my Lakers get to keep their pick. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, let's look at this. Let's look at just some of the worst teams in the NBA this past year because that's most likely the team that Jalen is going to go to. Fair. Um, so, Andy, who do you think is a good team or, like, personnel-wise? So, regardless of how they play or their coaching style or so on and so forth, what team might do well with small forward Jalen Brown? Oh, my gosh. What a question. Oh, man. I don't know. Um, I I have absolutely no idea. I'd say, I mean, I, I looked at pretty much just Phoenix, Denver, um, and then teams that would be around 10, like the Bulls. So I don't even know if he's a good fit on the Bulls, to be honest. But I think he can put like bring a lot of value to any particular team. So it would be tough to choose one based on like the way they play. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, personally, I would love to see him on Phoenix. Yeah. Um, he. So here's my take: the kid, the kid is an absolute physical specimen. He can jump out of the gym. He can run faster than most people across the length of the the basketball court. Yeah. That being said, he can also dribble really well for a small forward. Um, as as we've seen, he made some terrible passes and got pickpocketed sometimes. But overall, from an athletic small forward, you rarely see that type of dribbling and ball handling ability. It's it's pretty hard to find. So you put him on the court alongside a healthy Eric Bledsoe, and you have you know your center Alex Len, who's a pretty dang athletic center as well. And then you just you run the floor with those three guys. That's a pretty good fast break team you got going. And then you got Devin Booker trailing as your three point threat. Um, so. I think that triumvirate right there is athletic. They're, you got two slashers, two ball handlers, um, two passers, and I don't know, maybe Jalen could develop into a, a knockdown three-point shooter, 
which I think he has to in this league these days. Mm-hmm. And if he does that, then you got Eric Bledsoe at point, and you can station the two of them in the corners for the short three. I mean, you have your you have a salt you have a pretty decent offense right there. Yeah, we saw. I mean, we can look at the contribution. Crab. We can use last night's game as an example. Alan Crab played awesome. So he's getting paid this summer. Yeah, he's getting paid. Yeah, he played so well. So we've seen the ability for somebody like that. Uh, to come in and contribute in major ways, and granted, Allen's jump shot was a lot better than Jalen's at at their at respective points. Yeah, he had longer, he had a longer period. Of that time is true. Yeah, he played three years. It. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think I think Jalen's going to develop that mid range jumper. I mean, yeah, you said it was working pretty well against you, right? Yeah. So. Oh lord! Oh lord! Um, uh, yeah, I imagine him being pretty a pretty good fit there. He could be a good fit on a team like he could be a good fit on the team like Denver. Um, hey, I don't know. Maybe you'll head up to you go to Sacramento, go to the Kings, and go with that disaster of an organization. Oh. But um, him and Rudy Gay, oh lord, <laughs> they might. I, I think like they could use somebody that can come in and contribute and not burn out as an or like as their draft pick between Jimmer Fredette and Thomas Robinson and, and Ben McLemore. McLemore, they could use someone to come up there that's going to be able to contribute. I look at him as being more of like a safe pick. That athleticism, everything you pointed to, um, off the ball, with the ball, he's fast, he's electric, he can get to the hoop. Harrison Barnes contributes in a similar way. People want a lot more from Harrison Barnes, but he's also pretty fairly consistent. And if you look at that range that Jalen's in as a seven overall pick that Harrison was, and you look at where Jalen's at, he... I mean, he would be great to have that type of career, but I think as Cal fans, considering he was one to three NBA prospect when he signed to come a Cal, I think we're expecting a little bit more. Yeah. So depending on where he gets drafted, I, yeah, it'd be nice if he developed into like a 16-a-night type of player. I think he definitely can. Yeah, I mean, I was talking with a buddy of mine last night who's a, who's a crazy Celtics fan, um, and he was talking about how he sees, and he's he's a Cal grad too, so um, he has a little bit of affinity for it. But he he says he's as of right now, you kind of see him in that Rudy Gay slash Stanley Johnson slash Jeff Green type of mold. Really uber athletic guys yep. um, that have the you know the potential if they add to their athleticism to become a really good player. Um, but the consistency between all three of those guys, they had a broken jump shot. So, which, I don't know. I mean, Jalen has had, he's a streaky shooter. He's had those crazy weeks where he was, during the middle of the season, where he was knocking down threes all over the place. And then closer to the end of the season, it just disappeared. Um, so, I don't know. I, I hope he develops it. And then, but the, the fact was, what he was saying is, you know, if, he, if they're rating him between, um, let's say seven and 12 right now on average, that's, let's say he is about seven and 12. I think purely the numbers that he'll show at the combine will probably boost him to at least five. I think, I think guys at that point, you know, the, the prospects you have in this year's draft, barring the top two guys, Ingram and Simmons, it's a, it's a pretty good crapshoot. Like, you could go Chris Dunn. You could go Buddy Heald. You can go Buddy. Dragon Bender. You can go... Um, Portal will be good. You can go Jacob Pertle. You can go Jamal Murray. Like, there's there's not a lot of guys that you say, okay, this is, like, the the next, like, two, three guys that 
are going to go off the board for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, I think Jakob going number three overall may be a little too high. Um, but I ESPN mean, had him rated one above Jalen, so they like him. Yeah, I mean, they think he's going to be the next Pow type player. Um, I think, yeah, I see him testing really well at the yeah. combine and all of his measurables being great. We saw how high the guy can jump. He can do the LeBron James. <laughs> I'm high in the sky and I'm going to elevate higher. I'm gonna throw it down on you. That's yeah. that's basically what it is. Um, so yeah, that was that's that's our take on the on the best team. All right, what do you think about in terms of coaching? If totally could, deferring to you on this. One hundred percent. Bring him to the Warriors. <laughs> that's what we all want, right? Bring him to the Warriors. Bring him to the Dubs. Keep him in the Bay. Put him in some Under Armour gear so he can <laughs> test it out for the basketball guys for one year. That's my uh, um, that's my hot take on the best coaching fit. Yeah. Um, in terms of, if I were to just pick a random team, I think uh, you saw what Popovich, and I'm not saying he's going to the Spurs, but you saw what Popovich did when they made that trade for Kawhi Leonard. Everyone yeah. said, what the heck are you doing? George Hill had that amazing year the year before. They traded him away to get Kawhi from Indiana. Yeah. Look at what Kawhi's done for them. I'm not saying that... He should go to Popovich. But another guy that would they need a small forward with, the Atlanta Hawks. Coach Budenholzer, who is a long, long-time assistant um, for Coach Popovich, moved to Atlanta, was it last season? Um, and so he had a little hand in the development of Kawhi Leonard, too. You put a guy like Jalen there who has the same type of kind of specs. Granted, his arms aren't as long, yeah, and his hands aren't triple XL. Uh, so... You have a little bit of that, but I mean, the Hawks don't have a guy out there running next to your Teague and your Schroeder. Like you yeah. don't have you don't have that small forward guy. So you run him. You keep Horford. That looks like a pretty good team to me in terms yeah. of a starting five. You know, if he get if he's yeah, so what they would have to trade in. They that would spot have to trade up, sure. yeah, to go grab him. But I mean, personally, I would like to see that type of he goes to like a. A pretty pretty good balance of a young to experienced squad um, and a coaching staff that's uh, I would uh, what's a word that I'll use to describe it I guess solidified or consistent like you know certain coaches in this in the NBA granted the coaching carousel in the NBA is like it's a it's a yeah everyone's just in and out of the door. Scott Skiles was like yeah I'm gone (laughs) Um, so yeah. You got a guy like Budenholzer at Atlanta. You know he's not leaving for a, a pretty decent amount of time. Granted, unless he just the team plummets, right? Um, and but or he's done raised expectations exactly. Yeah. But he's done well over with the Atlanta Hawks these past two years. So I, I highly doubt they would just leave him out to dry. I agree. Um, so I just want him to go to a place where he's not people. People are gonna say, "Oh yeah, he was a bust," but then. The little asterisk is he had a like he had four head coaches in the span of five years. Like <laughs> you don't want the Jared Goff O coordinator effect or the uh, yeah um, yeah basically what's been going on for the 49ers. Or, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. I think so, um, he needs someone that's going to be able to develop him. And maybe this comment will come back to bite me, but. I honestly was happy when he declared to go to the league because I felt for Jalen, the next step wasn't with our staff. The next step was going to be with the NBA staff that could take him to that next level. Whereas with Rab, I feel like he can actually do more with the staff that we have, get bigger, 
uh, be more of a presence down low. And that was like lower hanging fruit, whereas the NBA was what I saw as like taking Jalen to that next step where he can contribute in a much bigger way. Yeah, I mean, they were talking about how his game translates better in the NBA than it does in college ball. Um, a lot of the physicality aspect of it, they kind of let let pass. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I, I don't know if this helps, but six fouls instead of five fouls, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, and just to wrap up this, this little talk about Jalen, all right, let's talk about his ceiling or his floor or and his floor. So if you can make a comparison to any current NBA player or past NBA player, who do you think would be his comparison in terms of ceiling and floor? Uh, ceiling, Jimmy Butler. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that, that sounds pretty sound. Um, they It was the same kind of talk, right? Athletic guy, athletic two guard, can guard multiple positions, can run the floor really well, um, and is a pretty good offensive creator for himself and for others. So... Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. It's approved. Yeah. Floor. I don't know. I kind of like your Stanley Johnson. You already mentioned Stanley Johnson, so I'm going to take that. I'd say that's probably his floor. Yeah. Um, Not saying the Jeff Green as well. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Green's been a consistent contributor on an NBA team for a long time. He's He's a good player that adds a lot in... Yeah, I just don't see him being a bust. It's yeah. really hard for me to see how he can't contribute to a team, whether it's in a reserve role or whether it's in a starting role. You look at teams, and the Warriors won 73 games, and we started Harrison Barnes you know, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at – there's just players that can fill roles very, very well. And Jalen is incredibly bright, seems to be a very excellent teammate. Um and I think overall he has the ability to contribute on those levels. With athleticism alone, he should be able to have a lengthy career. Yeah, I think the only thing is that people use the word bust really freely. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it's like, is he a bust if he gets picked second overall and doesn't pan out to be an all-star? In that sense, he's a bust. But is he a bust if he ends up playing in the NBA for 18 years? Correct. I don't we just had this debate with my friend group over text of with said player I've been mentioning a lot, Harrison Barnes, of if you're drafting at seven, what are you expecting exactly. from that? Is Harrison considered a bust because your expectations for a seven pick are higher? Or is the organization looking at it and saying a guy that averages 12 for us and contributes off the ball a lot, maybe that's what they expected that that you can get a whole lot worse. You can get Anthony uh, Bennett, right? And <laughs> there's there's definitely places you can go. But, um, yeah, what are your expectations if you draft somebody at 7? Because I went back and looked at all the players that had been drafted at 7, and none of them are blowing anyone out of the water. So Except for Curry. Well, Curry was, was six? 10. Or 10, yeah. Yeah, yeah so lower. he was lower. And Clay was 11. Yeah. Yeah, we had some good, yeah. good times in those drafts. <laughs> Yeah, so what about you? What are your uh, uh, ceiling and floor? I think ceiling's just about the same. I think that, that, that ceiling comparison uh, makes the most sense. Jimmy Butler does make the most sense. I would say Kawhi Leonard type maybe as well. I think I think demeanor-wise, um, he does fit the Kawhi demeanor. Totally. He's, uh, um, he's, just that, he's, he's not the outspoken guy. Ivan is the outspoken guy, especially when you're seeing them play on the court. And 
Um, if you sit, uh, this is how I know the difference is if you sit like close to the court um, in any fashion and you have Ivan on the floor, his screaming to call out for the ball is like insane. Um, That's like he, funny. I didn't even hear it. Yeah, he he posts up, and then uh, I remember this distinctly uh, from one of the games at the beginning of the season. Sam Singer dribbles the ball up to the, the court or to start the offense, and he establishes himself on the blocks. And he goes, goes, Sam, give me the ball, Sam, give me the ball, Sam, 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 Sam. Like he just he's just screaming it out, and I I love that. That's what you want from your big man, right? That's you want awesome. him to call for the ball. That um, is awesome. So, but Jane was not that type. He's the very, he's, you know, if you didn't know, he's a vegetarian, um, and he's just, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but, um, plays chess. Yeah. Like he, there's, there's a lot of things that people don't know about it because he doesn't really talk about it that much. He just keeps himself. It's basketball all day, every day. Like that's just all it is for him. So like, I always bring this up is that his hardworking mentality is something that you can't teach. Mm -hmm. Um, and the biggest thing for me is I went to practice uh, before this season began, before they went to Australia. And the first thing I noticed was they did practice like the football team, you know, like the periods. And you have little maybe like two minute intervals to grab some water and grab a breather. He doesn't he didn't rest. He would get one of the graduate assistants and ask him to rebound for him. And he would just shoot threes the entire break. Wow. Would not stop shooting. That's awesome. There so, you go. That's the Kobe. You exactly. That's the Kobe thing, right? It's yeah. that you just you don't stop. You're always trying to better yourself, and it's. I think that's the. That's just only going to help him. Yeah. People can talk as much as he want, and he's not going to get affected by it, in my opinion. I work in education, and it's, it's not, written in stone. But those that come in that are not necessarily quiet, but humble and show the willingness to listen are the ones that are most successful. The ones that come in and are more outspoken or believe that they know a way that might be better, um, those are the ones that tend to struggle. And I'm not saying this has a direct correlation, but in some ways, what you say about Jalen and the traits that he embodies are, are those that I would look for in someone that I would want to have on my team because they're very coachable. And if that's truly, and that is what I think, I think most of us, what we think he needs Mm -hmm. is just to be coached up a little bit more. If that's truly what he needs and he's super eager to get that, there's no reason not to expect that he'd be successful. And it seems funny to say that not every guy would have that. As someone who's worked with a football team and been around it, not everybody has that attitude. It's just not there. Yeah. Some people think that everything's going to come to them. That's mm-hmm. the way it had. Why think differently? That's the way life is. For it's been like people. that for like five to eight years. Like, why would you think anyone? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm excited for him. I think your comments will end up standing like uh, and being like very, very true as he goes forward. Yeah. I mean, we can start looking at where we think he might get drafted uh, next week. When the draft selection list is fully solidified, let's do so it. We'll we'll uh, have our little own little mock draft going for the M- NBA. I like it. We can put together our own. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then we can compare it when it actually happens and see how well we did. Yep, yep. Um, all right, let's move on from basketball to a little baseball. Uh, Cal drops uh, the series at Stanford. Uh, they win the first one four one. They lose five one. They lose six four. So they're now eleven and thirteen in the Pac twelve and twenty five and eighteen overall. 
This is not looking good. Um, it mm. is down. It is spiraled out of control real quickly, um, and we need Dalton Jeffries back really quickly. What's the timetable? Uh, I think about another week for Dalton to come back, uh, but the season's over in like another week and a half. Oh, excellent! So perfect, perfect, great. Um, yeah, I don't. I still don't think unless we like plummet even more in the Pac-12. I still think we make the College World Series. It's just we won't be able to host any games. Um, well, that's pretty good, at least. Yeah. So <laughs> my my expectations. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell yeah. you, Cal tennis is doing great. That's right. And Cal rugby, by yeah. the way, just won a national championship again. Yeah. And I didn't know this, but apparently Jack Clark just got uh, inducted into the California Hall of Fame, like for our athletics department. That's awesome. It took him so this long. long? Yeah. It's a, <laughs> wait, our athletic department. Yeah, yeah. The California oh. athletic department, like, no. like our oh yeah. Not the state of California, like just... Just Cal. Just Cal. What? <laughs> it took him that long. How many championships do you have to win? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, what has he won? Like, it's it's double digits, if I remember correctly. I thought when I was in school, they were up to 27. Yeah. Yeah. yeah something like that. <laughs> if not, if not this, this year was the 27th. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I guess it took the 27th to do that. But I mean, uh, football. Yeah. We're still, <laughs> yo. Sonny's got a ways to go. A lot to get into that Hall of Fame because oh we're gonna need quite a few more championships. Oh. <laughs> you know, yeah, since we're since great. we're since we're talking about that, and we have a question from a fan that we're gonna get to in a little bit. Let me ask you: if if Sonny wins a Rose Bowl, yeah, or if he gets us to one of the like the big four bowls, right, sure. and he wins it, is that Hall of Fame worthy in your opinion? At least just our athletics department Hall of Fame? Let me, like, put this in perspective of my own view okay. of what I expect in my lifetime. <laughs> Do I expect to win a Rose Bowl at this point? I'm age 28. No. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot imagine it. Now, I couldn't imagine the Giants winning World Series, and that happened. So I know it can happen. Well, we didn't think the Warriors were going to turn around and be this good and this this really good. This, so yeah, that happened. That's also a great point. <laughs> so we've seen it happen. So you know what? Why not? Let's err on the side of optimism. If Sonny wins a top four bowl game, yes. Do I think? Yeah, he'll go down as definitely one of the most uh, famed coaches in Cal history. We have a we have famed coaches in Cal history. We, we have do. a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> so. I think he, I think he would even have that. I mean, Tedford's career, he is pretty highly revered and he left our athletics and academics in the absolute tank and people are still saying that um, you know, you still hear a couple of fans saying, "Oh, I wish Tedford had never been yeah. fired." So, yeah, you get to I mean, man, can you imagine getting to one of those games? Ugh. It's just hard to imagine us getting there. That's the thing I struggle with. Um we talked about it a lot today, and this does this is a good lead into the fan question, but the fact that we have a loaded offense, but a very, um, I don't know. In my opinion, our defense is, is very thin. And so I think the long-winded answer to your question is yes, I do think he would end up in the Hall of Fame with that win and be one of the most revered coaches in our history. It's a low bar. Very. Let's set the bar. That's fine. That's fine. As long as I get to go to one of those and yeah. celebrate it, that's all that matters. CGB sponsored. 
<laughs> what do you think? I'm all for it. Go fund me. Go fund all of us. Um, <laughs> oh, my. Uh, Please help us buy fancy box seats at the, at the Sugar Bowl. We have a CGB box at the Sugar Bowl like a, or at the Fiesta Bowl, a CGB box. Is it possible to get negative donations? Because I think that might be the first one to do it. Yeah, Twist might have to pay some people off. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, we have a question from a fan from, uh, I think his name is Mike Dimond, because um, his Twitter handle is Dimond underscore Mike. So uh, Mike sends this question. He says, discussion, he wants a discussion of Dyke's seeming, seemingly inability and lack of interest in recruiting any kind of talent and speed on defense. You want to take it first? So, yes. Uh, so we actually printed out um, all the, just for easiness, easiness sake, we only printed out the all the five-star recruits and all the four-star recruits that we have offered since the year 2014, um, where we looked through this list um, and we looked at who we offered. So this is this is not a list of who committed. Um, this is a list of all the guys that Cal has offered in the last three years. Um, and and this, this is a tree-friendly program, I yeah. will say. We yeah. are a fan of trees. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I have the 2016 list here, which is this year, this upcoming this class that will be – that'll be freshman this fall um so we we offered a whole bunch of uh top level guys you know uh, linebacker caleb kelly from clovis west who ultimately went to oklahoma um db jack jones from long beach poly who went to usc um linebacker me uh, from torrance who went to ucla linebacker curtis robinson from modern day who ended up going to stanford um defensive end antonius clayton from uh georgia he went to florida mm-hmm. linebacker trey lamar um went to clemson he's from uh, roswell georgia um so i mean just in that top eight guys that we offered in terms of uh skill level alone there's one two three four five six six defensive guys and i mean if that doesn't if that doesn't tell you that they're trying yeah I don't know what does, because you look at the other guys we've brought in uh, over the past couple of years, right? The the um, Trey Turners, the Evan Rambo's, the Jalen Hawkins, the the uh, what's it? Oh Lord, why are these names blanking on me now? Um, the defensive guys, yeah, Rambo, uh, Psalms, Psalms, um, yeah, yeah, a lot of DBs, exactly, so on and so Trey forth. Trey Turner, yep, yep, yeah. um, and the Devonte Downs and and guys like that. You, we're getting guys that are there. It's just we haven't gotten any of those five-star defensive guys to come in and play right away. We forgot our favorite. Uday. Uday. That's right. We did forgot our, we forgot <laughs> our favorite Uday. I'm, um, I'm, he's going to play a big role. I liked Westerfield back when we got him, too, from yeah. Northwestern. Cause, but he's not your typical, like, this. that doesn't answer the question because he's not a five-star recruit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I liked Westerfield when we got him a lot. Uh, Anytime you take someone from Northwestern, it's great. Yep. Um, he follows me on Twitter, so I have a really good affin- I have a affinity for love that Westerfield. Love that. Uh, you have, uh, I believe, 2015, 2014 in your hands. Yep. Uh, should we start with 2015? Um, any guys? You pick that, two. Yeah. Each one, one of us, um, or any guys that stand out to you that we recruited who didn't pan out or um, who panned out for other teams defensively. Okay. I mean, defensively, Malik Jefferson is a stud. We all got to see him play last year, and we'll get to see him play this year. Yay. Yay. So I can't wait to see what he does. Um, 
Eamon Marshall, who went to Iman Marshall, who went to SC. Boo. Boo, SC. Boo. Uh, Rasheem Green, who went to SC. And, of course, we're just going to keep listing UCLA and USC here. Yep. Cameron Smith went to USC. Free advertisement for USC. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then there's a Hawaiian player that I can't pronounce his name who went to Tech. (laughs) The one thing I will say as we're looking this over is that the list is different from the way we used to recruit. We used to recruit heavy West Coast, pretty much spend most of our time Mm -hmm. on the West Coast, and then Tosh would venture out a little bit. But still, we were on the West Coast. And this list has guys like Malik Jefferson, the fact that he was offered for Cal is cool to me. Um, That we're trying to establish these pipelines. And we talked about Russell, who came from, where does he come from? Florida, Georgia? Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. So there are players from all over here, like New Jersey. Um, So that is one benefit of what Dykes is doing. So to answer the question, is the inability or lack of interest? I honestly don't think it's a lack of interest in acquiring talent or speed on defense. I'm, I'm sure they're interested in. He came out and said that they were thin at linebacker, and it's something that they're going to have to address in this year's class. So yeah. I don't think there's necessarily a lack of interest. The inability to me, we talked about this, was, and I'm not throwing this on Art in any way possible, but Art Kaufman has had, when you look at his career, two to three year stints along the way, and then he ends up going somewhere, and he always has good performing defenses. But the knock against him is he's not a dynamic recruiter. Um, and then we look at the other guys that we have on the defensive side of the ball. Our DB coaches are dynamic recruiters. Greg Burns, back in the day, was was SC. Mm-hmm. Um, he can bring in these guys. So you see these DBs that are Coach Lovett, of course, played coaching the NFL as well, and that's a pretty big exactly. pull as well. Exactly. But then as we look at, I think what we're lacking is the flair-type players, and those are usually DNs or DTs who come in with a lot of hype. And you're like, okay, and now I get to watch this guy completely disrupt offenses and sack the quarterback, which is – but people forget Cam Jordan came in three-star recruit, and he was just in the NFL top 100. Yep. So the star rankings do not matter. We find our guys where we find our guys. We don't place a big emphasis on defense. One, because we don't play a good defense, I imagine. Yep. <laughs> And uh, our defense did make a pretty big step up from last, last year to this year. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, guess you want to take a look at the 2014. Yeah, let me take a. I mean, the 2014 list is probably the only list where where we can look at and go, okay, there's guys on this list now that we see like on a you know every Saturday on college game day, and we just whiffed on these guys. Um, and I'm looking at this. The first thing that pops in the on this list is athlete Adore Jackson. Yeah, plays for SC. I mean that 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 says it right there. We went after him. It didn't work out. Um, <laughs> didn't, didn't work out. Yeah. But uh, the, this is what like so. I think this is probably what uh, Mr. Mike is talking about. Like Khalil McKenzie, Concord, California, five star Tennessee. The fact that we have that in our back. Who was the guy from De La Salle this year? Boss Tagaloa. Yeah, De La Salle. Like De La Salle should be. Stanford, Cal. Should be a pipeline to both schools, realistically. both schools, and it's not been established. Mm -hmm. But we can't get too concerned with us not pulling California recruits if we are going to spend our time out on the East Coast down in the South. And 
I still think the Pac-12 generates the most, the best NFL talent, not the most, the best. Um, but at the same time, you can't argue with what the SEC's done, and those players are coming from down there. So if we're pulling three-star guys down there, maybe on the West Coast they'd be four. I'm happy with it. Yeah. I think that's the big debate, right, is you bring up the SEC talk. And in terms of recruiting, I this is how I look at it. If you're If you're a recruit, it's what you – the allure, the allure of going to one of these Pacto schools, being drafted number one overall like the Jared Goffs, being touted as one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game as in Aaron Rodgers, one of the best running backs to ever play the game, Marshawn Lynch, winning a Heisman like uh, Mariota. Like, it's just, yeah. you can look at the high-profile things like that, right? Or winning a national championship with, like, Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush, who also won a Heisman as well, who technically didn't because he got it taken back. <laughs> um, but... But then you look at – if you go to an SEC school, I'm pretty sure not only are they selling them in the terms of, hey, you can probably win something here um, as a player here. But, hey, we might not have the star level guys, but we have guys that play in the NFL for 10 to 12 years. Like yeah. they have longer careers. More of our guys will stay in the NFL for longer periods of time. We might not have the marquee guys. Yeah. Um, you might not be an NFL Hall of Famer. But you oh, have a 12-year career. And so. by the way, you have a degree from the best public university in the world. So should you decide to not want to go in the NFL, as many more players are deciding to not take that risk, then you also have something that you can fall back on and look back on and be proud of. And I don't get, here's what I don't get, how you could stand a recruit on top of our stadium, in Memorial Stadium, up on the yes, like, uh, the box, box yeah. And look out upon the Bay Area in the middle of winter in January and see a beautiful sunset to you on a 70-degree day and say, this isn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like... Granted, granted, the asterisk I put on that is, how many times do you think those guys ever go back up there? That's the question I had. Is you see all those recruiting photos of those guys up in the box, right? And they're like, can't beat this view, so on and so forth. Berkeley, Cal. And then I'm looking at, I'm looking at those photos like... Like, how many times will you actually be out there taking photos? Maybe for, like, you know, the award ceremonies that they have at the end of the year. True. Um, but we used to do those at the Oakland Marriott. No. I, don't th- I don't know if they do them there anymore. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, you got, you got, the whole, you got, you got a pretty, pretty good place up there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I really don't think it's, an, as you said, it's not a lack of interest. It's just an inability to. Should we be worried about the inability? Mm, I don't know. Because um, you look at the 2014 list and, you know, if you look at just the five-star guys that we went after, we didn't go after a lot of defensive guys yeah. because we had the depth. You look at 15, and I believe it's a little bit, a little bit. Um, but then you look at the 16 guys, and we went after, um, I don't even know how many linebackers. Uh, one, two, three, four, four linebackers in the top six um, that of in terms of talent that we offered our linebackers. So they're, they're recruiting based on need, um, and they're recruiting based on what they perceive they need the next year, not necessarily this year right now. Correct. So that's the only thing, right, is can you if, – if that's the way you're, we're going to recruit, that's fine. But you need to pull at least one of these five-star guys so that you can fill it in next year and not – you know, just be twilling your thumbs and just hoping like a safety like Daron Brown turns out to be the next Suwak Cravens on the Cal team, right? It's yeah. It's interesting to use – it'd be interesting to look at this with some perspective or comparison of another team and their targets. Mm-hmm. So if we use Oregon, Oregon has 
the big names like Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner that are being taken in the first round. Dion, uh, Dion Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, yeah, Dion Jordan. But in at the, on the same token, you have you know a bunch of other players that have been recruited to that defense that doesn't that didn't necessarily pan out and they still struggle to recruit like on the defensive side of the ball it's not as easy a task for them because it's not the highlight reel that you see on like college football Sunday or college football final on Saturdays like you're not seeing Oregon's defense show up nearly as much as their offense so if we're exuding offensive potential and our players are moving to the NFL in offensive positions. I don't necessarily know if we're going to generate that hype to come play defense. What we need, in my opinion, would be something like what happened with Jalen and Ivan. People that come in, see the opportunity to play right away and take that upon themselves to try and revamp them on their own and then maybe get a former player in here that knows how to sell Cal as well as Rob over here does and and make that happen. I mean, we've that's the one thing I like about Dykes, though, and we'll end it on this point, is he's brought in those alumni, right? <coughs> uh, excuse me. Javid. Um, yeah, Javid came in for a little bit. Um, Austin and- Clark. Andre Carter's helping out with the D-line a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's awesome. Tarek Glenn is helping out with the O-line a little bit. Um, Austin left us, by the way. Yeah. He left us and broke my heart. Yeah. Went to SC. Yeah. And now his profile picture is him in an SC shirt, and he's <coughs> doing the deuces, oh, and, and he's killing me. No. <laughs> yeah, but you guys, you got guys like that. And I can I can only hope, I can only hope, this is, this is one of my big hopes, is that a really good running back just retired from Seattle, and his home is in Oakland, and he just opened up a store in Oakland on Broadway. He's usually there. Um, I've run into him twice. What? Yes. Really? Yes. I heard he's a great dude. He's an awesome guy. Yeah. Um, he's sitting right there. He's been to practices. He has. He's also played in a spring game. Yes, he did. <laughs> that was a shocker. Um, but you have, he's right there, right? And I don't see why you ask him, hey, you kind of want to help us out a little bit? Um, just make a little friendly appearance? I mean... Right now, he's not one of those Hall of Fame guys that only guys who watch old school tape like Noah, right? He's one of the guys that the the kids in high school right now are like grew up watching all throughout their middle school or their early high school careers and guys that are seniors, you know, they're like, Oh, Marshawn Beast Mode. Like everyone knows it right now. It's like in yeah, the hype of all hot. of it. Yeah. Exactly. So why not use that name to its greatest? Um so yeah. true. Will Beast Mode sponsor Cal? Maybe Under Armour comes in on an acquisition deal. Maybe. Takes over the brand. All of a sudden. <laughs> we can all hope. We can all hope. Oh, if, if Beast Mode takes off that crazy, oh my gosh, I should have bought stock. It'd be nice if uh, Tony Gonzalez was also someone that'd be open to coming back because he was at, he came back for a game this year, I think. He did. He did. Um, we have. Those relationships with, I mean, with Coach Rivera. Um, yeah. Oh, he. I mean, he just he loves Cal. Um, you know, we all talk about that ugly Christmas sweater that he wore. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. also, you know, I mean, I remember uh, just from this this season alone. I think was it week five or week six when we were we were week five where we were undefeated. We were five and zero. Oh. Yeah. And then um, on Sunday on uh, NFL on Fox, I believe, is that where Tony is on NFL? I think he's on Fox or CBS, uh, one or the other, one of those morning shows on Sunday. 
Uh, but him and Steve Mariucci were like, we got to talk about our Cal Bears for a little second. They had, you know, they talked about it for a good 15 seconds or so on, on the air. It's so awesome. That's, you can only hope that that helps the recruiting process and that helps, you know, the, I mean, they're all offensive guys, right? But we just all hope. All offensive guys. Yeah. I mean, Cam, Cam to me is the one that can have the most potential in coming back. Um, Andre Carter's great. Brandon Meebane would be yes. nice. He's just not as well known. But no, I I, na- I can name a cornerback right now that was pretty good for us and was pretty good in the NFL. Yeah, Mr. Namdi Asoma. Yeah, would be a pretty big pull uh, in terms of an alumni help as well. So even um, who's the guy that played on Cincinnati? Um, oh my gosh, Delta O'Neal. Delta. Yes, Delta yes, yes. He'd be nice to have it. Let's just bring out all the alumni back. Yeah. Thomas Deku, yeah. come on down. Yeah, what's Deku doing? I don't come know. Back. He was yeah. one of my favorites. He was so good. Thomas <laughs> Thomas can come back down. Chris um, Connie. Chris, Chris Connie. Uh, Chris Connie can come right down. He's my. He was one of my former roommates. Uh, roommate his freshman year. Was he really? Yeah. And Clark Kerr. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. where I, I was up in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ernest Owusu. Uh, uh, yeah, Owusu. Still a good, uh, he's still a friend to this day, and yeah. uh, he would be awesome to have back. I know he's, yeah, he's out here a little bit. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So we had one more question that was based on this that we thought of, is if we can pick one recruit to flip to our team uh, from the offer lists we have, who would it be? And uh, do you have two guys? Do you have an offensive or defensive guy, or do you just want to do offensive? Uh, I'll do both. All right. You go first, though. All right. Uh, I will. I will start with the 2016 list. Well, um, oh, I got both mine actually from the same year. <laughs> I think the 2016 list. Uh, either one of the linebackers, right? Uh, or either one of the linebackers or a defensive tackle. I think if we could have either flipped Caleb Kelly, Mikuarez, or Boss Tagaloa. All three semi-local yeah. area guys, Caleb Kelly, Fresno, uh, Miquarez, Torrance, um, and Boss Tagaloa, Concord. Um, so all in the state of California. Oh, that kills. Um, but Those are all guys. Exactly. Local. If we had gotten one of them, I think, well, I mean, you look at Caleb Kelly and you look at Miquarez, both of them would have started, I think, yeah. um, on this defense, especially after Hardy, Hardy left, I think. That would have been wide open, um, and you just have the depth with Hamilton and Devontae and Ray Davison and, and all those guys. So, I mean, that would have been great. Um, offensively from this list, um, I'm looking, and I think the first the first one that comes to mind is uh, Devin Asiasi. Uh, he's the other conquer guy. He's the tight end. He's 6'3", 253. And he chose Michigan. Um, but where does he fit in our offense? Exactly. Um, he wanted to play a traditional tight end, which is why he went to Michigan. Harbaugh. Exactly. He's going to kill it. Mm-hmm. But I look at him and go, hey, if we maybe ran him as the inside receiver, I mean, that's a big – we run him like basically a Jimmy Graham, right? It's just mm-hmm. you move him everywhere, and he's just a matchup nightmare for that defense. Yeah, exactly. Because if we run a spread offense, right, is the defense going to settle down – in a 4-3 or a 3-4 just because we have that big guy? Because if it is, we're going to shred that defense apart. But if they want to keep up with us and they put in a nickel package, I mean, he's going to destroy whoever that, whoever that uh, what's it, nickel guy is yeah. playing on him. So um, that would have been a defensive nightmare. Um, so That's those are, a really good pick. I like that one. Yeah, that's a solid pick. So Especially, those are my, that's, that's an unknown. That's a, as long as he didn't want to play traditional receiver. That's, but that's the only thing, right? He wanted to play a traditional receiver role, or yeah. traditional tight end role. So, 
What about you? It's hard to argue against Harbaugh. It is. It I is. love that guy. He's as much as I despised him at Stanford, mm-hmm. I loved him on the Niners. He did. He was very good. It's just hard to imagine him coming into your room as a high school recruit and just being as goofy and down, like downhearted and, and honest well, as he is and not being like, I'd like to play for that guy. I mean, if the guy's sleeping outside your house waiting for the clock to hit 12 just so he can come talk to you when the, dead, when the, when the quiet period ends, I mean, that's... So awesome. Yeah, I think you'd want to play for that type of coach. Yeah, if he's willing to do that. Yeah. All right, so I'll use 2015 as my reference list. Um, mine are two very obvious picks, so they're going to not nearly be as interesting as yours. So the first one is Malik Jefferson, who is at Texas and was an absolute stud last year and probably going to be even better this year. That would be addressing the most immediate need for us as well. On the offensive side of the ball, Josh Rosen down at UCLA, he looked like, I mean, he outplayed golf in that game, let's Mm -hmm. be honest. So he looks like the second coming of Jared and – Held up so well as a freshman. Obviously, that team has a lot more talent than when Jarrett came in as a true freshman. But regardless, Rosen Rosen looks really, really good. So I call him the Rosen one. I think everybody does. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he would be nice to have right now. We'd be oh sweet, we got another two years of <laughs> <laughs> amazing quarterback play. Oh, I'm looking at the 2014 list here. And I, I'll name two guys. Yeah. Uh, they're both five-star guys. First one is a name that we all know. Uh, athlete Adderi Jackson at USC. Yeah. Oh, boy. If he had played two ways here, I mean, that would have been a to- I mean, that would have been totally different. Just la- If you could implement him into our o- offense just last season alone, sure. right, and have him run kick uh, kickoffs and punts, too, and that adds that little aspect of it and... He also, if you need a, a big body guy at DB and he plays in there, I don't know what else you can ask for. Um, and then the other guy is, you, as you picked a quarterback, I picked a quarterback too, Deshaun Watson, uh, Clemson. Yeah. You know, uh, he, he balled out this year. He was amazing. Um, and if he was the heir apparent uh, to Goff, I mean, I wouldn't have minded not not a single bit. I think that's what everyone wanted, too. They all, uh, a lot of people were wondering if the bear raid or air raid would be more dynamic. With With a running quarterback. Yeah, with a running quarterback. It would be interesting to see. I think Nam actually put out an article, um, like, in terms of prototype. I think he had a little thing about the prototypical builds of each position in the air raid offense. Huh. And the quor- he, yeah. and the quarterback position was you would you need a dual threat because when we had Goff, all our run plays were already set run plays right he didn't he didn't, if if uh, if you watch the Jared's uh, quarterback camp with Josh with John Gruden he talks about the the run play option but in that run play option all he does is either give hand it off to the running back or he pulls it. And he throws it for a screen or a quick slant. Correct. Like that was the plays that we used to run. But if you had a running quarterback, yeah, you open it up. You have another. You have another option. It's a legit triple option, right? You have either hand off to the running back, throw out to the screen, or throw out to a quick slant, or you take it yourself. Right. And that that just keeps the defenses on its heels. So let's bring this full circle with Davis Webb. What I read is he's not a running quarterback. Yeah. 
So yeah, I don't, I don't know what you want to do with that. Maybe, maybe Spavril has a different idea of how he wants to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe run plays in his offense. He wants to just run up the gut and down people's throats. Um, if, we, if we do that, you know what? Maybe we do allow Victor to play then. Maybe we do put Victor in those uh, in those running situations, like those little semi wildcat formations, um, yeah. where he has the threat to throw. Yeah, it's kind of like Rubens or when he played uh, yeah. when those little fifty fifty snaps with Goff. Right? I don't see. I mean, that worked so well against Northwestern. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. Fitzgerald was so mad about that. <laughs> Just <laughs> they had no great. idea. They had no idea. I think most. How did your reporters not tell us ahead of time? It's like, oh. Gosh, Fitzgerald, you're making my day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe maybe Victor sees the field early. That's what jumped off the tape at me with Max. Um, He's a great runner. Yeah, he's goodness. And Bowers too. Yep. That one play where he does the whole Elway move. Yeah. Yeah. He made a lot, a lot of uh, Sports Center highlight reels that with that play. Yeah. So. That'll be an interesting dynamic to see because that was the one thing I was expecting uh, to see on tape with Davis Webb when they announced that he was transferring was to see somebody that was more of a dual threat, and he's definitely more of a traditional pro-style quarterback. Yeah. I guess we'll see that once it gets into fall camp, and if he actually does arrive, we'll see if they do a little handoff stuff um, in fall camp, so... That'll be an interesting thing to keep watch over the next couple of months. We're not that far away. We're really not. It's like a hundred day, hundred something days or so Man, um, from the first game. Can't wait. That's probably another. I'd say like sixty days from fall camp, right? June, July, and then August we start fall camp. Yeah, it was always late July that we had to report in as EQ managers. Yeah. Come in, get everything set up, run through. <laughs> Walkthroughs and all that good stuff. Get the new gear out to the team. It's like uh, Christmas every single day at camp. <laughs> Go in, eat food. <laughs> I always was jealous when I went to practice, and then as I'm leaving through that north tunnel, they have all this food set up. Oh and the days that they had Chick Fil A set up, I was like, can I just kind of just sneak one on the way out? And, you know, but no. Of and course I didn't. they're all football players, yeah. so they all eat a ton. <laughs> so the way it's set up is so that you could feed. A hundred families and <laughs> unlimited portions. And the best thing for me, like someone with a huge appetite, was it would go in there starving. And then you think you're getting a big plate. And then you literally turn over <laughs> and you'd see someone like on the O or D line and be like, okay. I'm a mediocre per- portion. <laughs> like I'm average right now. I take like two plates. <laughs> I'm going to sit at the kitty table now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go over here <laughs> with my small plate while you devour four of them. Oh. All right. Well, that is our program. Uh, that wraps it up for us here today. Uh, we will be back next week with more Cal news, so on and so forth. Um, as always, you can email at us at cgbbearcast at gmail.com. You can find our stuff on californiagoldenblogs.com, um, all the stuff we write. Um, you can also tweet at me at rob11hwang. Uh, can they find you on Twitter, Andy? No, sir. No. I am a not. ghost. He's a ghost. He's, he's He literally is a ghost. Um, so, yeah, uh, that wraps it up for us. And you know how to find us. Subscribe, like, comment, do whatever you need to do. Um, and as always, go Bears. Go Bears. You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! Woo!
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.